Welcome to the Toxic Fox Show and thanks for joining me today. I'm Diana Barnett, the host, and I appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us. The Toxic Fox Show is for business owners, founders and entrepreneurs who value the impact their business is making in the world. They're change makers and realize we're custodians of the world our children will inherit. And in their world, both profit and purpose matter. I call these businesses conscious businesses, impact businesses, or profit with purpose businesses. I'd love to know what you call them. If you would like to share what is frustrating you in your business right now, please reach out and let me know. There are links on the website, voice messages, emails, and social media. Back to the reason why you are here listening to The Toxic Fox Show, and that's to hear one of the awesome guests share their journey. There's so much to learn, adapt, and adopt to your own business. I'm always excited to speak with my guests and learn about their journey, both personal and business. And today I'm especially excited to be speaking with Vanita Baravka, the founder of Boomi Organic Cotton. For those of you who've had the pleasure of meeting Vanita, you'll know that she is one of the most genuine, gentle and yet fiercely passionate health and well-being crusaders. She's based in Melbourne, Australia, but is fighting for the world. She's an absolute delight. Denise's passion for all things organic and fair trade was ignited when she was working with the UN. Sadly, but good for us, her eyes were forced open as she witnessed the impact of the pesticides and other chemicals used in textiles in the Indian suicide belt. And now she's on a crusade to make this a better place through the choices we make in business and in our personal lives. I'll head straight over into the conversation. I started by asking Vanita, how long she'd been in business and why she started Boomi Organic Cotton. Uh, Boomi started in 2012, uh, but before that, my whole life has been in actually international public health and I spent many years on the ground in India and across um, Bangladesh working on just health-related projects. So for over the years, unfortunately what I saw, but fortunately because it changed my life, um, was the impact of the textile industry. Mm-hmm. So going into areas looking at, you know, diarrheal issues, malaria, TB, what I started to see and hear because I was on the ground so much was actually just talking to people and seeing what was around, that the, the devastation that was happening on the ground in terms of waterways, farmer suicides, um, children born with deformities and started to just ask questions like what's going on what's the undercurrent that's happening here and by being on the ground and talking to grassroots organizations as well as farmers themselves because I was mainly placed in the rural areas of India and in the rural areas that's where the um, agricultural areas are mm-hmm. um, was just seeing the same staggering patterns and the same devastating stories and I travelled across what's now known as the suicide belt and, again, the same stories, the same issues that were coming up. So it really opened my world into, at that time, something I didn't know about, um, which was the textile industry and the devastating impacts that has had, is having and will have if things don't change. So so you started Boomi Organic Cotton. So what made you think about starting a textile company and... What role do you have in that organic cotton? I think I'd, when I was in um, India, I'd had enough of seeing what I was seeing and the stories. I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. It was um, life-changing. But so at that point there was a lot of frustration and anger and so many tears of this can't be happening. So the biggest turning point really was... um, a lot of the suicides that happen with farmers and the impact that that has on families. So hearing stories of like children and young women and older women, what they have to do to survive, it just should not be happening. So it, it really, it was a frustration and a, a really very difficult time mm-hmm. that sort of manifested into, okay, how and what is the positive change in this? What is there that is that can change this? What can turn this whole thing around and really spending a lot of time talking to people. Again, grassroots organisations, I have a deep respect for grassroots organisations around the world because I think 
on the ground when you're seeing and hearing the plights of people and the earth firsthand, it really changes things. So Mm -hmm. um, that's where I felt the rumbling of the movement back then of the organic um, farming industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just been fantastic because when Boomi started in 2012, we started with a band of around 1,800 farmers. Right. Today we have over 20,000 farmers that we work with across India. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, a, it's fantastic just the movement around the world, I think, um, yep. of that awareness of what's actually going on in the textile industry. And I think that's a big, a big part of my life now just to talk about what I've seen, carry it with me every day, and there's absolutely nothing else I want to do except talk about the truth. Right. So how does talking about the truth and helping these people start with a, a lifestyle, indoor <laughs> lifestyle business that has <laughs> towels and sheets and yes. underwear? <laughs> well, basically, in the world, so around 95% of cotton that's grown is non-conventional cotton. And that makes up around 80% of the global retail market of what we wear and use every day. And most of this cotton is grown in areas of India, China, Africa and parts of the US. So it's looking, I, I started looking into the farmers that I'd met across this band. All that they were growing was being sent overseas to, for the clothes that we wear, the mm-hmm. underwear that we wear, the sheets that we sleep on. But there was no, at, like at that point, I, I did not ask the questions of, well, what's in it? And how is it made and who made it, what's behind it. But being there and seeing the behind the views, behind yep. the scenes type thing of what was actually going on, that's where I made the connection that, wow, I'm wearing these pants, I'm wearing these T-shirts, I'm sleeping in those sheets, but I did not know this was going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So for me it was tying the behind the scenes, making it a front, in the in the front view. So using what we use every day and looking at the the option of certified organic cotton versus this 95% of the world's genetically modified cotton that is used and then turning it into, well, these are, this is your option. It's good for the earth. It's good for humanity, including you as a consumer. So I thought... Bumi, Bumi actually means Mother Earth in Sanskrit and mm-hmm. I think the ethos behind Bumi is really about just tapping back into that sacredness of the earth, sacredness of humanity and how we're all connected and that how can we allow certain things to happen at the expense of something that we might use or wear or sleep in. So it was really about how, how do I put it into the front seat and allow people to see that certified organic cotton alternatives to the textile industry with your sheets and your underwear and what you use every day um, right. is, is, is available. So you've taken that passion and you've decided to make it into make your mark by providing another option for consumers Absolutely. through Boomi mm-hmm. or Boomi. Um, the... Uh, so, and you were working as for corporate or government in when you were doing public health? Um, a bit of both. Um, I worked for some large um, NGOs, uh, WHO, the UN, we did some projects and as well as some private, so with some universities out of New York because I was actually based in New York um, but was sent to different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time I was just happy to be a global citizen working in the world, so I didn't actually have a uh, country in mind. I actually thought, oh, you know, I'd love to work in Africa, but the universe decided, no, you're going to be sent to the suicide belt areas um, and learn, and that's where the doors just absolutely changed and my my awareness grew of um, yep. what is not talked about, what is not seen, what is not shown, what we don't hear about, and... I just felt that that drum, that beat was inside me that, well, no, now that I've seen it, I can't not say anything. I can't not change my way of thinking, my way of life. Um, 
So, yes, yeah, yeah it, it changed everything. Well, I'll tell you, you've given me a new um, paradigm um, just talking to you now where you're talking about what everyone traditionally uses as cotton is non-conventional cotton. I like that way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It twists it around so that it makes you think, well, I should be looking at what good conventional co- cotton is and yes. organic sort of I think that's one of the biggest challenges that initially I faced was just sifting through the wording. So there are many words we can use. Um, So you can can talk about cotton or textiles as natural, pure. You can even say something is organic. But I found through all that minefield that unless it is certified by a body that has some strict criteria, Mm-hmm. There are so many loopholes that will still allow for pesticides or toxic dyes to be used. So the layers around the whole textile industry, that's what was staggering. Just to start with, um, you're growing cotton that with genetically modified seeds. You're putting in thousands of chemicals and pesticides and insecticides just to treat and grow the cotton. Then you've got the dyes that go into it and all the softeners and fasteners just to make it more silky or a sheen or, um, you know, the non-iron things where you don't have to iron things, all these chemicals that go into it. And the effects that that has um, was absolutely mind-blowing. Of, I went to a village where it was, they were, the, the people were just like rainbow-coloured hands, permanently stained with just dyes and the impact that that was having on uh, what we found was thyroid problems and large goiters and children that were born, stillborn, like the in, in India, for example. Yeah. A lot of the um, farmers or um, men and women in the field are barefoot and they're spraying the pesticides without any covering on their face or in their feet and it's travelling. Your, your foot has got the most transparent layer of skin so it travels straight through into the bloodstream. So many children stillborn or with deformities, and yet it's not talked about enough. Right. Okay. So yeah. So so, so we'll come back. We'll come back to that. Not talked yes. about enough because I think that's part of your new strategy of um, marketing and working around things. But and one of your challenges with marketing. So we'll come back to that because I think that's a really important point. Mm. Um. I just want to go back into this with the, you decide to go down the certified organic and fair trade route by being certified for both. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that it's too bureaucratic, expensive and time consuming. How did you face all that and get through that then? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the driving factor is seeing as well what can happen if you don't have that certification in place seeing that there are loopholes and that things do happen, um, like the toxic dyes can actually go on to a cotton that does say it's organic. I don't want that to happen. I feel that if it's not strict, there is no impact on the planet and there is no impact on humanity. Right. So for me, having that drive that it has to be absolutely strict certification and above ground will ensure environmental accreditation and that the standards are met, will ensure that there are fair trade wages, that there is no question of child labour, and it's firmly in place because it's also third-party audited. It's That's a, another big thing. That's why we went with GOTS. It's a global organic textile standard. If it doesn't have that third-party absolutely strict criteria in place, I've seen where there's loopholes and things can just happen, but there is no impact. So for me it's about... Yes, it might be money. Yes, it might be paperwork. Yes, it might be bureaucracy and politics. But if you absolutely believe in something and you want that change and it is strict, that's where I found certification is an absolute must. Mm -hmm. And, again, going back to that, you can say something. Again, legislation. There is no legislation to say what dyes are in a product or if someone says something is organic or natural or pure, There's no legislation to say what else is in that product. Mm -hmm. You can have, and even just looking at um, a type of textile, how do you get that into a soft, smooth, silky material? 
no, there's no legislation to say how many um, polyviscose blends or threads or chemicals or treatments have to go into that. So it's about digging deeper into, well, what's under that and what does that mean and what... So that's where I find certification in the textile industry is absolutely paramount to navigate around the fact that natural, pure or even just saying organic does not mean there is no toxic materials inside it, does not mean there is no toxic dyes inside it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's certified by a body or several bodies, it, it is absolutely toxic-free. Right. Okay. So how did you get around organising the um, d doing the process of all the so streamlining it so it didn't take up too much of your time? Um, to be honest, initially it did um, yeah. because, again, that was probably one of the biggest challenges early on, finding um, places, manufacturers, growers where it is only certified organic cotton um, because there are many places around the world where they'll say it is but then they also do the non-certified. Mm -hmm. And for me that's not good enough. That's just I want to be able to say if it is certified, I know there's the impact on the planet as well as humanity. So finding that initially was um, quite challenging. Yep. And then finding the right certifications as well. Okay. And um, just I think the initial going through all of the very finer details of all the certification process, I think now once that's now that that's done, um, it's it's much more streamlined and smooth sailing. But as I said, I feel my conscience feels much happier knowing that with strict certification and having done that process, that there is an impact on the earth, the land, yep. the water, and the people. So, how long did that process take you to do that research? Oh, um, well, while I was on the ground in India. Um, I, that's where I met many uh, grassroots organisations and overseas organisations who were leading um, the organic movement. So I will say Europe is absolutely, to date, the leading the way in terms of everything from food to textiles. It's mainstream mm -hmm. and really read readily available and certification is, it's like no one questions it. It's like absolutely it has to be done. Um, and now America is um, quite uh, quite large in their movement as well and Australia is really starting to as well come on, um, have, a, have a large sort of drum of well, what is certified foods, cosmetics, textiles, which is really good. So um, it took a few years, to be honest, on the ground to find the right avenues and um, really just see. And I think for me the being there was was absolutely important that if I can see it and I talk to people and I talk to the farmers, that's a huge one, um, finding the real stories of what's actually going on. Um, for example, again, back to GM, I had no idea how much of the GM uh, organic cotton movement is controlled and what, what the impacts were. I, I, it, it's terrifying for a lot mm. of those families. It's terrifying, and we don't know that. Yeah. So, um, I think that was that was really important. Being on the ground and talking to people, visiting people, talking to bodies, certification bodies, and then just deciding I wanted to go with the strictest of the strict because, again, back to that um, being above ground, transparent, and also being transparent. I think that's a really big thing. Um, I. Before public health, I was also a paediatric nurse. So children and anything to do with children is something that will always be um, something very important yeah. to uh, what I do and what I'm involved with. And, again, having that strict certification to say it's fair trade and no child labour, yeah. that, that, that settles me because, I, again, I've seen that visual and, seeing too many little hands doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, every yep. child deserves, you know, the right to life, education, medicine, so all the, the basic human rights and yep. that's something that will just keep driving me because they're the turning points that if I reflect back, um, quite emotional. Um, yep. 
and that's what keeps me going that there are no there are no bad days here in terms of if something's you know taking long or I get bogged down in you know certain the business side of things I always reflect back on why am I doing this and who for and some of those little the little ones really yeah the stories it's yeah. just um, keeps me going it's the driving force so if we come back to Melbourne yes. where you're based and you've yes. got Boomy because and that's that for me is a really good thing to remember there are no bad days it's going to be <laughs> I'm going to put that up as a quote for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there might be yeah. trying days but there that's are no right. bad days <laughs> that's right. um okay so if we go back to we come back to Boomy Boomy is how big it's it, I know it started as an online and then you went on to it became a um a, a physical store so and then you've actually moved and gone into other premises with your physical store so can you tell me who who is boomy as in the people who make it make it make up boomy yeah. and why you went from online to um you know the physical presence and having a um, store etc and what's what challenges that gave you mm-hmm. um so Boomi began as the online store um, just to, at that stage, I just had um, my little one and so it was really also about testing the waters, excuse me, Um, we started with uh, sheets and towels back then and I really felt after a few months of um, being in the business online, what's really beautiful that's a big part of the story is feeling the touch. So I wanted to build or create a store where it was about the senses. So what you smell, what you feel, what you see, what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I felt having a, a store, a bricks and mortar place for people to come to and talk to you about, well, what is organic cotton? What does it mean? Or if they don't, just to have that the beautiful music in the background, something that was um, I'm very passionate about. Again, also being got certified or having got certified organic cotton is to make sure that the whole surrounding was environmentally friendly. So big thing with um, stock is the insects. So how do you prevent, you know, insects coming in? So when I started, I contacted um, the Australian Conservation Foundation they were absolutely fantastic. They mm-hmm. said use cloves, crush the cloves every now and again. It'll keep the creepy crawlies away. And on the floor, use eucalyptus wash. Your fairy people won't want to come in. And I was like, okay, that's beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. I tried it. It is unbelievable how true it works. So I was so relieved that there are natural alternatives to because I didn't want to be able to have a space and then go and spray things just to yes. defeat the whole so I was I was very hesitant to thinking oh you know I really hope this works and to date it's absolutely fantastic so in the current store that we have we have over um, 180 clove balls suspended from the ceiling and every month we just crush them a little bit and just turn them around. And we use Australian certified organic cloves um, from New South Wales. And um, it's just, it, it was really about creating a space where people can come and feel it because with the certified organic cotton, it's so beautiful because a lot of people talk about things like thread count and what blend is it. And there is no blend. There's no polyester. There's no viscose. There's no silk. You just feel it. And the sateen feels so silky. The percale is crisp and crunchy like lettuce. So it's, I wanted a space where people could come and feel the different types of cotton because cotton is amazing. It's so versatile. Again, a learning journey coming from health into retail. Mm -hmm. Seeing how many types of cotton textures there were. And I love that word texture because sometimes I just ask customers, close your eyes. And I'll, I'll just bring different fabrics in front of them and ask them which one did which one feels best to you. So um, it's it's really about being and seeing and touching and smelling and just bringing that earthy element back into 
um, and closing your eyes sometimes. And there's one blanket that we have. It's absolutely beautiful. It's brush flannel inside and linen on the outside. So linen is the only product outside of the cotton that we'll work with. Um, and, again, it's certified organic flaxseed. So what a versatile plant that that is to be able to have linen on the one hand and flaxseed oil on the other it's just yeah. amazing and so I get um, customers close their eyes and put their hand inside the blanket and it's like a human cocoon it's absolutely beautiful so I think just having that space to have that dialogue with people to talk to touch and just feel yeah. feel their way through the story so uh, you you mentioned um that you use eucalyptus wash wash mm-hmm. Do you just put eucalyptus in water or do you? Yes. So um, we just use the uh, eucalyptus oil yep. in the water and just wash the floors. And the smell is just beautiful. And that keeps away what? Um, it's good with insects. They don't like the smell. It's too strong. As well as little furry people. So mice, possums, not the possums will get through the door. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you, you never know. Never know. Never know. <laughs> never know. <laughs> so... Um, and uh, the last summer we had lots of ants um, on the footpath outside and um, what we did there was just citrus, citrus oil on the doorstep and beautifully you could just see they changed their course to go around where the vapours would spread and around to where they were going on to. So that's another big part of Bumi is about compassion and it's compassion to the earth to humans as well as animals yep so we we extend it to um compassion to every sentient being deserves um love and life so we're very 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 um firm in what we do to deter say insects or ants or um mice or anything that could come into into the store or the stock so Mm -hmm. yeah Natural alternatives. Natural alternatives. <laughs> I love it. Go on, so I'll just also add something that was really important. We were so lucky we could work forward instead of working backwards in a space. It was a cold shell of a store where they had not put any paint or anything. So I went to Porter's and um, they were absolutely beautiful uh, in advising what sort of paints and uh, washes on the concrete we should put on the floor because I didn't want to put the thick concrete glaze that you can put to make it shiny. Yeah. So we've kept it really raw using all Porter's um, paints just to have that um, least minimal impact to the earth. So yep. it's amazing um, just when you dig dig deeper, and that's what I love, ask questions, dig deeper, and it's it's amazing what you find out and what works that's natural. Yep. So if we go back to um, looking at, and this is where um, you want people to talk and ask questions and all that, and that comes into very much part of your marketing, um, your marketing program. Um, so marketing's broken up into all the P's, you know, like place. So we've talked about your place where you distribute, you know, online and in shop and why you've chosen to go physical. The product we've looked at. Um, pricing, how did you come about pricing and mm-hmm. what sort of did you, because a lot of people will think that, you know, certified organic products are really, really expensive. Mm. Yeah. And how did you, how did you decide to position yourselves from a pricing perspective? Sure. One of the biggest differentiators that I'm really, really happy we're going down this path, we don't have a stockist model. So we are online. 24-7 and we have a physical store in Melbourne. Um, so there's no middleman. So this will bring down, because you're right, certified organic, anything, a lot of people f- will think it will be very expensive. But our sort of logic is if we can make it affordable to more people, we can reach more people. Mm-hmm. And if we can reach more people, there'll be more change. Yep. So by not having the middleman or distribution network or stockers model, we can bring down the cost considerably because there's no none of the exaggerated retail markup because that can be incredible what the retail markup is. So we don't have that because we're not competing with anyone else selling our product to say, well, they've gone on, you know, 70% off and they're 20% off and we're offering it at full price. So by being able to have this model mm-hmm. of um, the no middleman model, we're keeping the prices really real. And keeping the cost down. 
mm-hmm. for that um, for that vision and that goal that if we can make it affordable, then more people will be part of that bigger change because I think that's one big thing about Bumi. It's about experiencing the change from the usual as well as experiencing the change on a bigger global level. So we want everyone to be a part of that. It's a movement. That's what I like to think about. It's there, There is the retail side of it but for me because it's just the way I feel and live Bumi every day, 24 hours a day, it is about a movement. Of yeah. a change, a change in your experience, and change in the way in thinking, and a change in your lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. So that brings it back into the promotion side of marketing, <laughs> and I know that partnerships and promotion and an awareness, and this is where you get the talking about um, getting people to talk about it. How? What? What did you start off? How did you start off with your promotions, advertising, and all that? And where are you at now? And what have you learned along the way? Yeah, so we've learned so much along the way. I say we. Um, let me let just let you know. So Boomi is an Australian-owned company um, and I own it. So um, I want it to be a family business um, and we have uh, three full-time members at the moment and two part-times. Um, so it's a small business but we're growing in a way of listening to consumers. So initially, as I said, I started with towels and sheets and I never, ever thought I'd be looking at underwear. But listening to people along the way, what they want. So when I first opened the store, within the first week, the number of questions, do you have underwear? Do you have underwear? Do you have? I was like, oh, I do sheets and towels, underwear, no. So it was really about, I think, along the way, listening to consumer feedback Mm-hmm. looking at um, what people use every day that's close to your skin and then also talking to people. Education is a really key component of Bumi. Um, we started small, just doing the usual across social media, um, but now it's really about partnerships, promotions, being advocates for um, certified organic industry because it's quite a holistic thing. It's all related. So if what you put on your body and what you put in your body, asking people to really think about different things of what are you putting on your body, what are you putting in your body. So it's about that whole embracing different aspects of life and how certified organic can be woven into it um, and promoting that. So whether it's through events, through, through talking, through blogs, through um, the usual social media channels, uh, through articles, through magazines. So really spreading the word across very, very diverse means. So it, it started smaller, but now we're, we're trying on every channel just to get the word out. Right. So has the message changed in the last, or the, way, the message that you're delivering, has that changed? The message of why use certified organic is the same. Um, Just talking about the truth behind the textile industry is the same. But I think where we really are growing into is talking to people about, okay, you can't control your outside environment. You can't control when you go out into the world, unfortunately, what you're exposed to. But when you come home, your home is your sanctuary. And in that space of privacy, rejuvenation, rest, stress-free, what you can do to make your home that organic sanctuary is where we see Boomi comes in. So the clothes that you wear after your shower. So your skin is the most porous after a warm bath when the skin is warm. The first thing you put on it is the towel. Mm -hmm. To know you can put on your skin, all those chemicals and toxic dyes and your skin is hungry for it because it's warm and all your pores are open. I want to be able to get people to realise, wow, no, I do not want the toxic dyes or chemicals going into my skin straight away after a warm bath. So there are alternatives. So that's where Bumi really is um, growing into that space, that making your home an organic sanctuary 
and mm-hmm. there are options. So um, you're doing this through your awareness and education. You're doing this through what sort of partnerships are you using? Um, so we've, uh, we're doing events now in the store. Um, we've got a really beautiful space where we can host events in the evening. And that's the other thing. We love being a boutique store. It's not driven by, um, like, say, in a shopping mall, you're driven by times and what you can and can't do. So we love having evening hosting, evening sessions. Thanks for listening to The Toxic Fox Show. This episode is sponsored by the Cultivate Collective, facilitating mastermind groups for conscious business entrepreneurs. Our guest today is Vanita Baravka from Bulmi Organic Cotton. By the way, I often wonder how and when you listen to podcasts. Do you binge as Michelle from Melbourne by Bike Tours? Or do you do listen while you're doing your daily exercises like Moira from Ducks Back? Please do share and let us know. We're happy to talk to anyone all the time. <laughs> so yeah. We're happy to partner with people and just talk about that because there's so many aspects, as I said. It's like an onion layer. You peel back one and there's another. So talking about the fair trade aspect, talking about child labour, talking about we did um, recently a movie hosting with Organic Avenue Juices about um, a movie called The True Cost. So it was um, a very confronting film but about the truth behind the textile industry. And, yes, it's confronting, but if if you don't talk about it, you don't know. So I think one of the key things that I'm very passionate about is knowledge. Knowledge will give you power. Power gives you positive consumer choices, choices, anything you can do in your life, to eat, to drink, to wear, your lifestyle, and that choice will bring change, positive change, Mm -hmm. change for the planet, change for humanity and change for yourself. You're part of humanity. So it's that ripple effect and getting people to really see, wow, from see that ripple effect from the knowledge came the power for me to change the choice to change the world. But don't a lot of people just go, oh, it's too hard, I'm just one person? (laughs) It's a movement. We're in this together. We have one beautiful planet and so many beautiful people in it. It's about working together and that's one thing I love, that there are so many beautiful brands around the world doing fantastic things, so many beautiful groups around the world doing great things on the ground. It's about working together. It's about shouting out to each other and putting each other up, like helping each other up the ladder, not not. It's not one one person. It has that it has that impact. If we do it together, one will become two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. Before you know it, that ripple effect is huge. And it changes so many, so many things along the way that, that tracing it back, it'll change one child's life. It'll change one family's life. It'll change waterways around the world. The toxic waterways that we don't see the impact that that's having to yep. know that you can make you're making a you're making a by making positive choices you are making a change and that ripple effect is huge so you should never think you're just one person you're one amazing person so how does um a, a business when if you're looking at partnerships what do you look for in a in a partnership to work with somebody mm-hmm. um i think at, at this point in time, it's about the willingness to want to make this world a better place. Mm-hmm. And from that, then it stems down to, okay, you know, what product or what what is it that you want to talk about or what is it that you share? So really just looking at what it is and I think having that shared ethos of helping change the planet, helping change the world, helping change the way we do things and I think one big thing that um, I know there's a lot of work to do on is getting the story out of the textile industry mm-hmm. because not enough people know. Mm-hmm. And even to date, so Boomi started 2012. Yep. 2016, for me, 
still people don't know, not enough people know about what's really going on. But the beautiful thing is I know and I can see around the world there is a rumbling, there is a lot of action, but still I want more people to know the truth. So based on that, tell me what are um, two things that are on your bucket list for this year and going and beyond? Okay. (laughs) Well, one thing um, I know having the business sometimes it is, you know, as I said before, 24-7 all the time and I love that. So one thing I've – I set a personal goal that's uh, now shared with three other team members. I'm doing the Oxfam Trail Walker. Yep. This year, which is 100 kilometres in 48 hours. Um, so it's raising awareness and funds for very important work that Oxfam does around the world, including in Australia, which yep. is wonderful. Um, but it's also about walking the walk and talking the talk and doing an activity and a challenge that's about endurance and teamwork um, and health. So actually getting out there in nature not stopping for 48 hours and reflecting on how grateful I am to be in the position I am to have the safety that we live in, the water that we drink, um, the food that we have. And I think it's going to really highlight just one beautiful fact that I live by, that I'm alive today. Mm -hmm. Today is so important because if I'm alive, so much can happen that we can make a difference. So that's definitely something I'm very passionate about and excited about. It's coming up in April, so a lot of training is happening. (laughs) A lot of training. A lot of late night walks. (laughs) So, um, yes, sorry. And I was just going to say, uh, what else is on your bucket list? Yeah, so I think um, the other big one, it's tied back into education. Um, I really want to explore that a lot more on a, on a national and hopefully international scale, just getting talking more about um, public health and the textile industry and the impacts that the retail industry has on textiles. I think initially it was um, something that, I, I don't want to. I don't want. I didn't want it to be too confronting for people. But now I'm in a position, in my mind and in my heart, that no, I want to be able to talk, to tell the truth. I want to be able to stand on the top of a mountain and tell the truth of what's going on. So, I think I w- I'd like to explore um, that aspect a lot more with some groups um, and talk more. Because I love talking, so <laughs> <laughs> and you do it well, <laughs> and travel with that. So now, a couple of other questions I have is: What's one challenge that you've had that you may have approached differently now, with hindsight? I think the the challenge really that it, it's it's sort of grown over the years, going from health to a retail um, industry. I wish back then when I started I knew more about the retail industry because I just went straight into it thinking, okay, I'll learn along the way, which I have, which has been fantastic. But I think it was an extremely steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. So in hindsight I wish I had have just stopped for a little bit to learn a little bit faster back then about the whole retail industry and what that involves. Um, but, again, I, I like to try and be positive about everything, that there are challenges and there has been and there will be challenges, but my philosophy is if I hold on to what I love and what I'm passionate about, that I'll navigate through those challenges. So yep. it took me a lot longer to learn about the retail industry, but I'm learning and have learnt um, to be very confidently now in a position to talk about I'm a retail owner and these are the things that I needed to be aware of. Um, but I think that's, that's, that's something that I'd like to always um, keep with me that just it's about navigating because there's going to be so many more things that come up and how do I stay true, which I always want to. With Bumi, if there's ever anything that's not absolutely transparent and upfront, especially about the certification 
and then it won't exist because it doesn't, for me, it's that personal thing. It has to make that impact. Otherwise, there's no point. Right. So, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that, that was one of the biggest, longest challenges that could have been shortened if I knew. If I actually, I had like fa- fantastic family support um, and a lot of family members saying, do you want to just take some time to, you know, think about it and what, what's coming and you just had the baby and I was like, no, nah, no, absolutely, go, ready. Let's okay. do this. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And now I laugh about it because um, I look back and I, tell each and every sibling who did warn me and my parents that, yep, you were right, but at least I've learnt. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I challenge you on that thing about having learnt about the retail stuff before is that you might have, you've, ch- you've not necessarily done stuff down the traditional way, so you've gone around, you've found your way around. Yes, yeah. And, you, um, and so therefore you've actually, yeah, you might have just... <laughs> gone further because you didn't yeah. have the traditional model of retail behind you. That's lovely, Dan, and I, I think that's beautiful because I see that as very organic and it kind of makes sense for me that it's about what happens each day and every day and it, the path changes yep. and that's good. I yep. like change. Change is, change is good because it means it's evolving and sharpening and focusing I'm with you on that one. I love change too. Yeah. <laughs> um, now tell me that just a couple of other things is if you could choose one mentor, whether they're dead or alive, who would it be and why? One mentor. Um, look, I think I would absolutely, um, without a doubt, choose Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, I think he's been a big part of the textile industry for a long time and he also stood up for human rights so it's the two sort of um, pillars of something that is very personal with me with Bumi yep and I think one of the quotes he has that's sort of like ingrained in my heart and in in anyone who works with Bumi it's something I talk to them about that there is no beauty in the finest cloth if it makes hunger and unhappiness right so yep. that's absolutely in one sentence very clear that that's where I see Bumi and if I could talk to Mahatma Gandhi, it would be about so many things, about human rights and textiles because um, he did the hand-spun kadi and we, we do kadi too now, which is beautiful. So it's a very, it's a very beautiful cloth for me to reflect on somebody that um, has been and will be a big beacon of light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and two last things. The first one is have you got any tips for conscious business owners, one or two? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is ask as many questions as you can, like Mm -hmm. really try and get down to the what, the where, what's in it, who's made it, what's the story behind it. Um, Really try and uh, go deep, dig deep and ask Mm -hmm. a lot of questions Yep. before making decisions. Get all the answers in front of you and think, think about it. And what it means to you. Okay, so who, what, where, why? That, so, yeah. But going deeper and really don't just sit at the surface. Yes. Now, finally, what fantastic things are in store for Boomi this year? Yeah, um, I'm very excited this year, again, on that notion of change. So I we love um, where the vision of Boomi is at the moment, which is about creating the organic sanctuary at home. So controlling your home environment from that toxic-free living. So we were thinking about um, a fashion line for children and adults, but I've actually tabled that for later. I really want to concentrate on that sacred home aspect. So we've got um, some exciting thing in the children's area. We'll be growing into that area and not just babies, a baby as well as children. So uh-huh. Um, something very exciting there. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, we'll share all the links on our um, website um, for that. And um, as you update any um, sort of new, exciting, your your new project when it launches, um, I'll put a link in that too so that we can put there. 
And if I get any questions in the comments, I'll pass them on to you and see if you can help me answer them. Absolutely. That would yeah. be wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've really enjoyed speaking to you and I love your passion and I love your commitment. And yeah, you're, it's almost like a dog on a bone. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So. <laughs> yeah. Really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today with Vanita. I certainly did. Um, and you know what? Wherever you are or however you choose to listen to the, our guests, please give them a shout out and share their stories and passion by reviewing The Toxic Fox Show on iTunes or Stitcher. Now, what tips, tricks and hacks did you get from today's show? Let us know in the comments in the show notes or on social media. Insights, tips and hacks I got from the show were the first insight I gained was personal. Actually, the first and second ones were personal. The first was I need to reframe my take on cotton and, of course, other products we use. Organic cotton without all the chemicals and pesticides is conventional cotton and all other cotton that uses pesticides and other chemicals is non-conventional cotton. Another insight is that your skin is vulnerable and absorbs more after a hot shower or bath. So choose carefully what you put on your skin after you've bathed. That applies to lotions, deodorants and fabrics. Now two business points I got from here were it's about working together. It's about shouting out to each other, putting each other up, helping each other up the ladder. And then one becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. It's the ripple effect. It's huge and it changes so many things along the way. So begin collaborating with others. And finally, don't stop asking the question, the W questions of your suppliers, your customers, everyone along the way. Where is this made? Who makes it? How is it made? Why do you use these materials and methods? And keep asking the W questions. So don't forget to connect with Vanita through Boomwe Organic Cotton's social media platforms. And if there's a person you'd like me to add in, the, in to the interview list, please send me an email. So No Man is an island. It's a team. My gratitude goes to Vince Jones for the music, to the team that helps me pull this together, to Vanita for coming onto the show, and to you for listening and reviewing our show. Till the next episode, thank you to all the conscious business entrepreneurs who continue to give a damn.